What's the most adventurous thing I've ever done? Uh, I guess it depends on how you're counting. Um, probably moving to Hawaii as, as a solo act was the most adventurous thing I've ever done. Just sort of visiting here once and then uh, for a day <laughs> and then moving years later uh, blindly with no car, no driver's license up a mountain uh, with someone I, you know, found on, I think, Craigslist. Um, but then uh, with other people or other person getting married, um, which was an adventure for both of us because neither my wife Carol nor I ever thought we would get married to anyone. So, uh, yeah, that's an adventure. Uh, hello. Is this thing live? I guess it is. This is Jeremy Vaney. I, uh, don't have anything fancy schmancy to say. I'm just, uh, here on the big island at my home out on the gazebo at like 4.30 in the morning watching the volcano we live on, Mauna Loa, erupt. And it is beautiful. There's a red glow. The stars are out. There's no ash or smell. And uh, uh, got up and packed a go bag. Good to see all the instrumentation that the uh, volcanologists or whatever they're called, geologists, I don't know what, use. Don't work. Because <laughs> there was literally no warning. Just, uh, hey, your volcano's erupting. Thankfully, it's still all in the caldera as of this recording. Um but like I said, I don't have anything big and fancy to say. I just wanted to say that because this eruption is fast flowing, if it does decide to flow this way, um, you know, we have a little plan. We wouldn't make it going up toward the road, toward the highway, probably. Uh, we wouldn't have enough time and all that. But we would head down toward the ocean, and we have friends with boats and friends of friends who have would have boats coming in so there's there's that option but uh if this is a very thin road we're on and if it's log jammed with people that'll be fun uh so but my wife and i packed a bag she of course is back asleep because she is smart <laughs> and it's like well life goes on and i'm like well does it <laughs> Um, so I wanted to hop on here and say, safe for now, we'll probably remain safe, question mark, and it is beautiful. I mean, nature at its most humbling best, so I'm going to go enjoy that in my solitude out here in the dark on the gazebo, and if we don't make it, I just want everyone to know one thing, if there's one one thing that you can remember here. It's that everything that I've told you, whether you've listened to me on this Wisdom app or anywhere else, has been the truth to the best of my ability, which is to say the truth. Uh, I mean, there may be faults in recollection and things like that, but I never made anything up in terms of any of my experiences. Um, and I just want you to know that. So if I die, what kind of a fucking asshole would I be <laughs> if I'm lying about that? Uh, sorry for the cuss words, but really, um, all right. 
see I have a guest waiting. Let me see here. Well, I'll try to take a guest on this last thing I'm doing here. I don't know if I'm doing this right. Hello? Hello? God, I'm just like my grandparents on the phone, huh? I don't know. For some reason, it's not letting me do this. But uh, anyway, I'm sorry, guest waiting. Uh, I'm not figuring this out. All right. Hopefully there will be next time. Bye-bye. What is my home away from home? Um, I don't have one. It used to be the ocean, but I haven't uh, been snorkeling in a few years. Uh, my home is pretty perfect the way it is. Um, or I could give you some like pseudo-spiritual answer, like, the external world is my home away from home. Because that's kind of true, too. <laughs> like, just, uh, you know, <laughs> silence is home, and uh, the the noise and stuff produced from silence is um, kind of feels more and more like home away from home. Um, but let's go with the first one. That, that That's cleaner. Aloha. I didn't realize I was live yet. It's wise ask. It's Jeremy. Uh, so I guess I just wanted to do a little check-in uh, about life on the exploding volcano, which is uh, Mauna Loa. Um, it's been very interesting. So maybe you've heard this part on the news, maybe not, I don't know, but so far the, the, the initial plume of gas and ash and what's called Pele's hair, which is really um, a spider web fine glass <laughs> that can blow around and nobody wants that in their lungs. All of that from the initial blast off um, went uh, well, not toward us. I think north, I think out toward the ocean. Like, I don't think it, maybe it went over Hilo. I'm not sure. Um, but we have not felt any effects where we live. We live on the south side of the island, um, on the volcano. Um, uh, in the air, we haven't felt any bad air quality. The, uh, the vents opening up and the caldera spilling out is happening, um, to the northeast, which is uninhabited. The problem is, it's getting down to the the highway and the highway uh, <laughs> essentially where it is it's a sh steep incline to the left and to the right so it looks as though there's a ton of magma or lava coming out of there and it's going to keep erupting for a while which means it's probably once it gets to the highway going to s take the highway toward Hilo or toward Kona side most likely toward Hilo so that's very worrying uh, for those folks, especially living in the um, subdivisions along the highway uh, toward Hilo. Um, the last time Mauna Loa erupted, uh, it, it headed toward Hilo, and this was in 84, I believe. Uh, headed toward Hilo and stopped short, but there was not a highway there at that point. So it was just regular rough terrain. I don't know what the difference will be following you know, a smoothed paved road. We'll see. Um, but, you know, this is a volcano, so who knows what'll happen, if that'll even happen. Um, we're not out of the woods yet. Like, a fissure could open up on any side of the volcano, and lava 
you know, starts heading our way. That will be bad. But in the meantime, I, it, it's interesting to me. I, I've talked about this on R and doing radio that even um, like the the so-called enlightenment experiences that I've shared with you on on this wisdom app, those uh, led to a period of time where I I've spoken about this. You know, like I had no sense of boredom and no, and I still don't really, but no sense of fear. No sense of, you know, just like happiness, peace, joy, lovey-dovey stuff. Uh, but the fear has come back. And I don't know what that's about. This, But deep fear of death, like having repeating dreams of um, usually a tsunami washing over me or something, you know. And uh, when this... And I, I t- this was like the last episode of our Undoing Radio that I did for last season was talking about this fear, was opening up about how this fear of death, even for me, even after all that I know and have experienced and understand about life and death, um, it's still there. <laughs> like, it's back. So what is that? And it's been chronic, like 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 not being able to sleep or hard to get to sleep because I just have this fear of like, what if you die right now? You're going to die. You're dying. You know, um, this sort of anxiety about it. And now of course the volcano is going off. And so for the first two nights I was not sleeping at all. I mean, I was up watching the glow and, uh, you know, it was, it was something. And, and my anxiety, I think it was pretty off the charts about all of this. Um, and trying to keep it together and, having psychosomatic issues like with breathing and stuff that I thought was gas in the air until we heard the news that, um, that things were calming down somewhat. And then magically I could breathe just fine after that. So watching myself as I'm going through this and then I went out, um, I guess yesterday morning, uh, to watch the sunrise. Well, to meditate while the sun was rising and the volcano is going off. And the glow from this volcano is unbelievable. Uh, so Kilauea is the other volcano on this island that's perpetually going off. And that glow is unbelievable. And this glow is like a thousand times <laughs> times that. Like you can't see Kilauea's glow from pretty much anywhere but over on the volcano there. You can see this glow from probably other islands. Like this is a huge glow. Uh so to to see basically the sun rising in two areas of the sky in the morning is, you know, it's like that equivalent is amazing. And so I decided to allow the meditation energy, the Kundalini energy, whatever you want to call it, to come alive in the morning and to do its thing and to just with no, you know, thing in mind, no instruction, just, just let it do its thing. Um, and whatever else it did, it completely got rid of my fear. So whatever the maneuverings and the movements and the gestures and the dancing around and all of that, that it does this, this impersonal intelligence does whatever else it's doing. It got rid of my fear, which is great. So I've been fine. I haven't, <laughs> haven't had any anxiety. It's like, it is what it is. Uh, <clears throat> which is a good place to be. And actually I mean, th- this makes a lot of sense out of aloha to me. The sense of aloha, which, you know, people use as a greeting, you know, to say hi or bye. Or, but it also is deeper and has the aspect of love to it. 
But there's the ineffable quality to Aloha. That is the thing that makes it such an interesting thing to say, because even for Hawaiians, there's the undefinable piece to it, uh, which is like, you know, you could say is transpersonal love or impersonal love. So there is the sense that we're all family, that we're all brothers and sisters in some way, even, uh, even if it's personally not true. And for Hawaiians, for, you know, those who have certainly stuck with their culture, at least, um, their sense of aloha does extend beyond the family to everyone. So there's that, that quality to it, but it, it's just interesting because being in the midst of this volcano going off, uh, you can also see like what the, like when you live on a volcanic Island, what is the other choice? Uh, except, you know, you've got acceptance, you've got um, love and inclusivity, or you've got PTSD. <laughs> These are your choices, right? You're either going <laughs> to run screaming mad and there's nowhere to go, at least back in the day before there were like planes and uh, big boats. Uh, these are your options, folks. <laughs> Mental breakdown, PTSD, or acceptance and love. Like, <laughs> that's it. So now it's got that new element for me to it of like just a practicality about it, of uh, adopting that attitude. Um, so that's all interesting to me. Uh, and l the other thing is, I don't know how much I've talked about that on this wisdom app. I've talked about it elsewhere, but moving here, feeling the compulsion to move here uh, as I did back in 2011, all of a sudden one day, I mean, when I came and visited for the first time and saw this place, I knew I wanted to live here. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew I would be here. And like five years went by. And then in 2011, I decided to pack it up and move and ultimately came here in February, 2012. And I, I, did I talk about the dolphin dream on the wisdom app? I had a dream. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry if this is a retread, but it'll be a fun one. At least I had already decided to come here. I had already packed it up and I left New York, um, and gone to live with my mom for a couple of months because my sister was getting married in St. Croix, which is, um, one of the Virgin islands. And so my mom was like, why don't you go see your sister get married and then go to Hawaii? And I was like, okay, fine. So I was living with that. My sister was got married, I guess in the beginning of February. And then I left a few weeks later. I think that's how that went. So, but I was living with my mom from like November, 2011 until, you know, February, 2012, already packed up to go. Um, I sold off my camera and all my expensive equipment stuff and raised money for like a plane ticket and all of this. I was ready. And yet I, I still had like a dream that should have been uh, like the story should be like, I had this dream and this dolphin told me to move here and that's why I did. But it's, it's the opposite. I was going anyway. Nevertheless, I have a dream where I'm in Kealakekua Bay, which is the first place I went free diving when I visited here those years ago. Uh, and in the dream, I'm alone in the bay and it's dark. And this dolphin pops up in front of me and in a male voice. I think I did tell this on this app and I, I apologize, but it's just fun. Uh, in, a, in a male voice, uh, perfect English, this, <laughs> this dolphin starts talking to me. 
and telling me I, I need to, uh, I need to move to Hawaii now. I need to leave now. And at first I'm skeptical because there's a talking dolphin. And in the dream, I'm thinking like at this, this point I'm doing a pair uh, a, a podcast called uh, Paratopia and uh, with Jeff Ritzman. And we talk about our own high strangest experiences and interview people. Um, but we were fortunate enough to have some like street cred because we don't go with all the woo woo new agey stuff. We go with like, uh, you know, like we really want to know what's real, not just, you know, pretend. And so in the dream, I'm like, Oh great. A talking dolphin. Like I'm going to lose all my street cred if I talk about this on the show. Um, so I say to the dolphin, um, you know, if, if talking dolphins are real, what else is real? Are mermaids real? And the dolphin says, what is a mermaid? And I say, it's like a half human, half fish. And he says, I have never encountered one in all of my travels. And at that moment, the dream became completely lucid, a completely lucid dream uh, where I woke up into the fact that I was dreaming and, and, and all, because it was so not me speaking to myself, right? Like it had such a quality of not my own unconscious trying to tell me something, but some other communication from elsewhere that I immediately snapped to lucidity in the dream, was aware that I was asleep and dreaming and was like, in the presence of another intelligence and just said, okay, what is it you need to tell me? And the dolphin proceeds to show me a visual of sort of a topic, like a sort of a 3d topographical map of the United States and explain to me what is being animated on that map. And essentially, of course, leaving out the big, like what it is, but explaining that some big cataclysmic event is coming to the East coast. Doesn't say what it is. And everyone's going to be moving to the West Coast. Um, they're going to be trying to stop off in the Midwest, but it's not going to be comfortable for them. It's not going to be um, habitable. Like the East Coast will be uninhabitable. The wet, the middle of the country will be, I guess, fatiguing <laughs> in some way where everyone's going to want to move essentially to California. And uh, it's going to be such a crush of people that – they're not going to want to stay there for long. They're going to be smothering themselves and there's going to be nowhere for them to go. They're going to want to come here and they're one of probably Alaska. I imagine the last two States on the union, right? Where you could, where you could go. Uh, I don't know about Alaska, but definitely here was indicated. Um, but they're not going to be able to, because the grid's going to be down and there aren't going to be planes. So I've got to get here now, now, now I've got to get here. Um, and I said to the dolphin, but I am like, I'm leaving. <laughs> That's why I'm at my mob. Like I've already got this plan. I'm going. So why are you telling me this? He's like, no, you don't understand. You have to get here now or you have to get there now and you have to plant your roots, get there and plant your roots. And when he said that, I knew it to mean both community wise, you know, the metaphorical planting your roots and getting to know people and becoming a fixture in community. Um, but also, uh, literally learn how to farm, which I was a city boy, um, spent my adult life in Manhattan and Queens in New York. So that would be new, <laughs> not really on the agenda for me, but, uh, okay. But I just protested anyway, because I was like, well, I am coming and I can't not go to, I mean, I told him this in the dream. I can't not go to my sister's wedding. So, you know, essentially thanks for the warning dream dolphin, but I'm out. So 
uh, and ultimately, you know, he may have been warning me away from a stupid decision I was going to make as a writer, which was that through another podcast, I had met a woman who had invited me to, um, to live with her in San Diego indefinitely before jetting off to Hawaii. So come live with her for as long as I want. She'll take care of me. I can write. I can do whatever I want. Um, she would be like a sugar mama or something. I don't know. Uh, but she was also had severe, I mean, she was drunk, admittedly. <laughs> like She had some severe issues that would make this not ideal, would make it a horrible situation. And as a writer, I thought, like, well, I have to experience that. Like, there's no way I can pass this up because this is material. Um, I guess this is my own sociopathy coming out, right? Where like, oh, I'm just going to objectify my life and this woman and uh, do things for the sake of writing. Um, but she ended up bailing on me and I spent the night in the San Diego airport and then going to Hawaii, uh, ultimately. So she made the decision that I wouldn't make in front of the dream dolphin <laughs> for me. Uh, and I have to thank her for that. Uh, because it was important to come and, and, you know, get a feel of all of the various aspects of this island that I could and learn from the animals and from the plants and, uh, and ultimately literally plant roots, uh, where we live now. I live, I met my wife a few years ago and, uh, before we were married, funny enough, <laughs> I met her. That that was convenient. Uh, and also, funny enough, when we got married, we got we had like a marriage, and then we had like a public celebration. So we had a private marriage with a friend who married us um, on a cliffside in one of our favorite you know overlooks um, of uh, of the ocean. And you know, just as he said that you know, I now pronounce you man and wife, like out of a cartoon. Spinner dolphins jumped up out of the ocean. So it was like a Disney wedding in a way. Um, so that was interesting. Um, is that a callback to this dolphin? No, but I mean, it's fun. So, okay. Never heard from that dream dolphin again, <laughs> but uh, he had a point. We did need to get here. And um, when I say we, my wife, Carol also felt um, compelled to be here and to be with me and had a bunch of her own, you know, ethereal, psychic, whatever signs that this is what she needs to do. And for her, it was also uplifting her, uprooting her out of her own life in New York. Um, and, you know, that's a huge transition, right? But we both felt it. And we both felt like, like when we found this place, we knew we needed to be here. Like this place called to us. And it's so spacious and there's so much you could do here. And we always had the feeling of we need to do something communal, even though we're not like really communal people, like really we'd like to keep to ourselves, <laughs> but there's this feeling of like, no, we've got to do something. And at first um, I, that's how I started doing the living mystery symposium. And the idea behind that was that there are, um, there's a lot of touristy stuff that's expensive, but not a lot of that for locals. Um, and for poor people. So why don't we start bringing musicians and speakers to the island who are high quality and make it super cheap for people and take the financial hit if we have to, but let's just see what happens. Um, so we started doing that and we wanted, we thought that was the direction to go, but 
yet the way that this place is laid out, it, I mean, it is perfect for like building a community here of some sort. But of course you don't want like a commune or a compound or, you know, anything that gets hairy and dicey all at the same time. Um, but now I guess I'll just cut to the chase here. Now I'm wondering, I mean, after COVID, you know, we, we started doing the living mystery symposium online. So actually if you go to YouTube and put in living mystery symposium, you'll have three days worth of awesome speakers to listen to and, you know, talks and stuff of, uh, um, uh, first nations to mystical, uh, sort of talks from various people, people you may have heard of people you haven't. Okay. Um, but that was online and that was free to, to the public, um, because COVID, right? So we couldn't really fulfill the thing that we wanted to do with the symposium that we thought we were supposed to do. And now that this, um, you know, now that the volcano is going off, and lava is heading toward Gila, we're thinking, huh, are we supposed to actually open our home up um, to displaced people if if it ends up going toward Gila or Kona, frankly? Um, is that what we're supposed to do, take in displaced people? Uh, maybe that's it. So don't know, but um, I, I don't know. It's just interesting because for a couple of years, you know, we've been thinking like, okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, like we thought we had a plan. We had a real plan and it involved other people. And then all of that, just one by one, those plans got, uh, derailed, um, before COVID and then, and then during COVID. So it became clear that the thing that we wanted to do was not the thing we were meant to do. If there is such a thing as meant to do, and it sure feels like it. It sure feels like we're here for a reason. So um, maybe this is it. Maybe uh, uh, the feeling is back of like, oh, okay, maybe we do have a purpose. It's just um, we wanted it to be one thing and on our time frame. And, you know, Madame Pele here has other plans. Um, I guess we're open for anything, man. Uh, so... That's all of that. I, I guess just the last thing I want to say is um, it's interesting how, like, the mayor, the governor, all of the people who are involved in trying to keep us safe uh, are really, you know, to the extent that they do that is also to the extent that, like, I feel like they're being sort of dishonest about this volcano going off uh, to keep tourists here. Like, for instance, they did go around a number of weeks ago uh, to, uh, especially to Ocean View, the community of Ocean View, because it's sort of a known thing that if the volcano ever goes off, they're like highly likely to get wiped out. Um, of now. The volcano has gone off and it's not even near them. So that's great. But that was the thinking. And there was like um, increased activity at the caldera, uh, volcan not volcanic, um, earthquake activity. So they actually had these community talks of like, okay, you need a preparedness plan when stuff goes down, right? And this made national news a little bit, but they played it down like, well, yeah, but we would always promote you have a plan. And 
you know, the fact is we're telling you this because of this increased activity, but on the other hand, we don't really know what it indicates. Uh, it could be that years go by and, and it settles back down because it's done that before. You've got this increased activity and then all of a sudden it goes away and you're fine. So that's how they were framing it, even as they were saying it then. And now they're like, see, we warned you. <laughs> and it's like, wait, no. You, you wanted to keep everyone safe and keep tourists coming by downplaying the warnings you were giving then. And now you want to make it seem as though you're keeping everyone safe and we're always on it. But no, you, you didn't really tell us then. You told us without telling us because you're trying to tiptoe around stuff. And I feel like that's what they're doing. Like they're literally saying, you know, it looks like it's probably going to die down and uh, looks like, you know, it's not going toward anywhere that's populated. So please tourists don't make, don't change your plans. You're safe here. Come here. And um, yeah, at the moment, but the fact is a fissure event could open up at any minute, like at any second, this could all change. And they know that too. It's a volatile situation. So yeah, right now let's count our blessings, but let's not pretend like, you know, you're keeping anyone safe when you didn't really know that this was even going to happen. Like for all your instrumentation up there, uh, which admittedly you haven't had a chance to even test out because there hasn't been a volcanic uh, blast since the eighties, um, since 84 before this new equipment, you haven't had a chance to test it out. So you didn't even know if it would work. And to my mind, this did just come out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, it either came out of nowhere or you knew that this was imminent and you didn't tell anyone it was imminent, right? Even though you warned people. Like, so this is the type of like thing that bothers me because uh, it's a conspiracy in so, insofar as I don't, well, in, insofar as everyone's playing the game in officialdom of, of trying to keep the economy rolling as we, you know, are potentially incinerated. Uh, but it's not a conspiracy in that I don't think anyone's sitting in a room saying, hey, hey, hey we got to come up with this plan. I think everyone just kind of knows their role in, in how to frame this in such a way. And they just, you know, like trained puppies, they just do it, right? Nobody has to, it's an invisible leash. They don't have to sit in a room and conspire. They're all on the same page. And I feel like that's a good thing to bring into other types of conspiracy theory, just as a, you know, cause I know like people who, I know I'm switching topics here <laughs> folks, but uh, just when you think about other conspiracies, not the ones that are like Iran Contra affair or what happened at Kennedy, um, like big, obvious sort of, well, known conspiracies or questionable ones. Um, but just any, any other, you know, pandemic related or whatever uh, questions you may have just know that a lot of this stuff, the conspiracy isn't what you want it to be. It isn't the big monumental people in a room controlling the world, whatever. Uh, it ain't that it's always, almost always financial. And so the conspiracy uh, in terms of like the pandemic would start around the time that like Pfizer and Moderna decided that they're going to start charging, you know, 150 times the price that they should for, for their product or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like that's when it becomes, Oh, now we're going to bilk you. 
<laughs> it's not that the the virus isn't real. It's not, you know, it's not like the you know, microchips in the vaccine or any of that garbage. It's how can we take financial advantage of everyone? Um, are we all on the same page here, folks? Um, or in the case of Hawaii, it's how do we keep the status quo going and, you know, keep this money flowing so that people aren't scared off. Meanwhile, you know, part of the point of these things is to scare people off. Like the wrong people should not be living here. People who can't handle this, people who are going to turn into PTSD, you know, shouldn't be living here or, uh, people who don't know how to look at the beauty and the awe in, in awe and, and all that and understand the dangers on some greater level where it really deeply affects them probably shouldn't be here. You know, like the type of tourists who just trash a place and don't care and like, woo, let me get a selfie next to the lava. Woo. You know, that kind of moron. And you think that those people wouldn't exist, but uh, I was told actually <laughs> that the several people who have died of, uh, from eruptions, at least since the eighties, uh, were all tourists doing stupid stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, part of the, the whole Pele thing is there is a symbolic element to it. Like when Kilauea went off in 2018, um, or a fissure broke out, I mean, it's always been going off, but when the fissure broke out on the Puna side, what it ran over, I mean, it came up out of a subdivision that was like a gated community, which no offense to those folks, but, um, you know, gated community isn't exactly the most Hawaiian way to be. Uh, and then ran over the geothermal plant, right? Like there are some messages here. Like, <laughs> so where is this going to go? I mean, right now, you know, yes, going to Hilo would be awful. Going to Kona would be awful. But you know what's not so awful? I don't know. Blowing smoke at the uh, the observatories on Mauna Kea, uh, you know, where. Uh, they want to build the TMT telescope and then taking out that highway so that they can't do it. I mean, these are possibilities too. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. One more little tidbit of interest, uh, maybe to you is I, I didn't realize this, but that in every eruption, Pele shows herself. Um, Pele, you can see her in the smoke and, uh, and in the fire or in the lava. And, um, a friend texted me a picture uh, that a friend of his took from his place in Pune. Uh, and it, you know, it's like, he didn't tell me what to look for. He just said, Hey, look at this. And he was showing me other pictures of, of the glow at night. And this picture is like, Oh, that's a woman, you know, like that's a Hawaiian woman. That's either a ghost or that's Pele. Like there's no, and I want to get permission to publish it. I don't want to just publish it because I don't know the guy. Um, and hopefully I will, but someone else did on, if anyone listening here knows Akaika Marzo, um, he had run for mayor last time, um, and was a huge figure in the 2018, uh, you know, community figure helping out during the 2018 aftermath, uh, of Kilauea. Um, he posted someone else's post on his Facebook page. So if you go to Akaika Marzo's Facebook page, I mean, it looks like a massive, woman doing the hula, you know, dancing hula, uh, you know, in the, in the lava. It, it, and it's not Photoshopped. I mean, if you zoom in on the picture, you can see that the, the visual 
uh, illusion sort of falls apart a little bit. It's not, it's not perfect that way, but from the pullback view, it is. Uh, and I find that stuff amazing, you know, like there are no two ways about it. And I don't see like gentlemen in top hats and I don't see like, you know, warriors with, you know, whatever, I don't know, you know, you don't see, uh, other images. You see a woman. Um, I find that fascinating if it is all just like you trying to see what you want to see. Um, so <clears throat> I was gonna, uh, I was planning on doing a thing on Kundalini here. And, um, once again, I'm just going to hold out. I just wanted to give you an update because the last one was kind of like, I'm out of my gazebo. I, this is humbling. I'm watching lava. Please may it stay up there. <laughs> I just want to let you know I'm okay. Um, but if anyone wants to join in, when last I did this, someone actually tried to be a guest. And for some reason on my phone, I couldn't, I couldn't get it to work. I would press the, the, the button where she was appearing and it would bring me to her page, uh, on wisdom app, but it wouldn't actually bring her into the conversation. Um, but I'm now on the iPad, so I'm pretty sure I can figure this out. If anyone wants to say hi, talk ask questions, whatever you want to do. Uh, say hello. Anyone? Anyone? I know there are people watching, listening. I, I see you. Not literally, but uh, figuratively. No? Okay. Well, then I'm going to call it. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining me here, those who have. And um, I promise when next we speak, it will be about Kundalini, what it is and is not, why I know that. And I think I will make it a crossover episode with my next season of Our Undoing Radio. That way I don't have to record the same thing twice. Uh, all right. Thanks again for listening. Aloha. If you could live well anywhere in the world, in what place would you decide to live? Well, uh, physically, for whatever reason, I am exactly where I know I need to be. Uh, but I already am living all over the world. And in one sense, we're all on Earth. And nations and boundaries and all of that are fiction, are things that we've made up uh, to form societies and politics and blah, blah. So wherever I am, I'm on Earth, just like you. And also through writing and through podcasting especially, um, I live in the minds of people all around the world. You listening to this right now are going to take me with you wherever you go, whether you want to or not, whether, <laughs> right? Like love me or hate me. I'm now in your mind rent free. Uh, so in that sense, I'm a world traveler. Thanks to you.